everyone and welcome to you from the bar my name is Ife I'm a dispute lawyer for those of you who don't know what that is that's litigation my lord may I the wig and gown the whole nine yards what do I do a little bit of oil and gas a little bit of tax a little bit of banking arbitration construction uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very well-rounded okay now, what did I actually study? Well, I did my master's in human rights law. Am I doing any human rights? No, because man has to eat. <laughs> human rights in the mud. But that's a little bit about me and my colleague on my right-hand side. You can't see him, but I can see him. Olamide. Yeah, hi, everyone. My name is Olamide. I'm also a dispute lawyer. And um, most of the work I do are in banking, debt recovery, employment, a little bit of oil and gas, not as much as the fair. Not as much. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Then sometimes I interface with law enforcement. EFCC lawyer. <laughs> if you're looking for anybody to follow you to EFCC, it's this guy right here. Well, I'm not, it's not an experience I really enjoy. So yeah. Um, so the podcast itself, we started the podcast um, because I pitched it to Ifair. So there was yes. this night we went out for dinner and we're just speaking about our experiences so far. Well, we've been practicing for three years. If and I started practicing at the same time, around the same time. And I'm like, my God, these experiences are actually a lot compared to the number of years we've practiced. Why don't we just have like a podcast where we speak about it so other people can relate because I'm sure other people who work in dispute resolution will be able to relate. Because since we started practicing, it's been a lot. Um, about five months after we started practice, COVID happened. Yeah. So the entire dynamics of litigation changed in the country, how we go to court, how we file processes. So I think that's what really made the experience um, quite interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, no. So as Alamide said, he pitched it well first time he said it i thought it was joking you know the way people just say oh let's hang out let's meet up let's do this but by the third time i was like okay he's serious so i told him do you know what handle everything i will just show up myself and my sparkling personality so yes this is my audio guy right here tech savvy is not me but what's the podcast supposed to be about it's just us like what i said talking about our experiences in court our experience as baby lawyers in litigation yes we've only been practicing for three years but what that does mean is that a lot of that interfacing that's happening in courts in registries we're the ones doing it so lambda and i go to court every single day but it's not just us you know talking about the ridiculousness of being litigation lawyers which by the way we're actually a dying breed nobody wants to go to court anymore everybody wants to be doing our fintech in-house lawyers, oil and gas lawyers. So talking about that, yes. But then also talking a little bit about the law. So, I mean, for those of you who are are not lawyers, please don't turn off right here. But a little bit about, you know, intellectual property, fintech, just those very topical areas of law. Maybe even, you know, how you start your own business, CAC, all those things. So on the one hand, it's going to be about us, you know, talking about what it actually means to be a dispute resolution lawyer, so litigation, arbitration, mediation, and also on the other hand, just talking about certain, you know, controversial, interesting, and topical areas of law. 
but yeah so that's a little bit about us a little bit about the podcast this is supposed to be like our icebreaker episode so i think to break the ice i shall turn to alamide i'm turning even though you can't see me and ask him what is the wildest stupidest strangest craziest thing that has ever happened to you in court or i mean outside of court in your three years as a baby lawyer okay so i would say before i um speak about that experience because it was a very it was an experience that made me really mad at myself but um i would also want to add that for people who are not lawyers we would be talking about general things about the law so there are times you would get free legal advice on here so you can just stick around to for those of you that don't like to pay money yes free legal advice you you probably will be getting free legal advice but we will try our best not to give free legal advice (laughs) <laughs> but there's no how you listen to the podcast and not get free legal advice. Uh yeah, about my experience. <laughs> oh my god, I I I also mad at my at myself that day. So I was scheduled to go to court in Ekwe, and the way my firm works is, you have um a driver come pick you up. Cause we we're going to Ekwe, the Bejuleki Road was under construction. I agreed with the driver that I was going to meet with him, or he would come pick me up at home around five a.m. So I was ready by the time I went out, I met the driver, my pilot case was in the car and everything. But I was used to driving to court by myself, so I would usually leave my wig and gown in my own car. So I thought I packed it with my pilot case and the files and whatnot. On my way to Ekwe, when I woke up around 6, 37, I'm like, okay, let me even go through this file again just to understand the case and if they ask me any question because i don't want to be that fool that a judge is asking a question and you basically do not know anything about the matter so i opened my pilot case hoping to see my wig and gown first because that's usually uh, that's usually the first thing there and we're already at the bedroom there was no way we could turn back and i found out oh boy your wig and gown is not here (laughs) i was silent for about you know 10 minutes and i was having this conversation with the driver so i just stopped talking abruptly and the man kept on looking at me and i asked the law <laughs> okay everything there okay <laughs> Oof, no problem i said sir <laughs> you get problem oh. there's a lot of problem oh. i said i left my wig and go for context olamide lives in yabao so it's not like he's anywhere close <laughs> to Petrileki. my god so i'm like well the way it is in the bush area or uh tbs you find someone to off somewhere to rent yeah maybe i'll just rent uh because i was the only one going for the matter there was no way i would not appear for the matter and we we got to acquire that day and i got to the court they didn't even have where they were making photocopy talk talk more of where they rent or buy wig and gown and at that point in time i knew that well (laughs) (laughs) that was the end luckily for me that day the um the generator wasn't working in the court so the court <laughs> luckily the judge was like he doesn't want to robe so no one should robe and that was how i got it are you actually it. serious yeah no you must have actually felt like god was specially smiling upon you you're telling me the day it didn't work and i'm not actually just um saying this for you guys like this is my first time actually hearing this story you're telling me that the day that you did not wear wig and gown was the day that the court said don't robe yeah i like i Wow. That day was. Yeah, okay, I want someone like to see your jazz. It, it, thing was, I had actually 
at some point realized I had a friend living in Ekpe. So I called him to bring his big okay. gown. So he was on his way. Uh, double blessing. Yeah, he was on his way. But as at the time the court started sitting, the court said he, he wasn't going to robe. So no one else should robe. I was so relieved that day. Because the court was actually very hot. There was no light at all. Uh, it, it, it's... I wouldn't say it was a funny experience, but at the time it wasn't funny. Because it's a self-inflicted experience. Because how how would I explain that? Oh, I went for a matter in Ekpe, and I did not wear my wig. I didn't take my wig and gown along. It's it would have been there would have been no excuse really. So yeah, I'm grateful that there wasn't light that day. Just that day. (laughs) Every other day, we're not grateful. We're very upset. But yeah. So, if it was your own experience, gosh, before we started um, sh- um, recording today's podcast, nobody had asked me this, and I had one answer. But there are just, honestly, there are just so many examples, right? Like, there's times when there won't be lights, there'll be times when you have a rush to court, and you get there, and your judge isn't sitting. <laughs> <laughs> like, you get there, you are panting, you are sweating, and you get there, and they're like, ah, my Lord has not sat, so you're like, wow. But what would I? I think what comes to mind. No, I think mind, what, why why mm-hmm. that happens to Ife is because if oh my god, if it if it gets to court, like at the dying minute, that's why she's always No, no, no. Do you, no, do you know what it is, right? And I'm sure all of you can relate. You know that saying where they say it's the people that live close that will always be late. The problem is that a lot of the courts that I get sent to are very very close to where I live, like ten minutes. So if they were further away, you know, I would leave house really early because they're close. I'm like, I can make it, I can make it. And then I just, I make it. Yeah. Don't let Alamide lead you astray. I always make it. <laughs> wink, wink. But um, I think I'll just use the example that comes to mind. I think my most recent one where I went to court and I was literally, I kid you not, before like five judges at the federal high court. Now, for those of you who don't know what court looks like, even some lawyers, I mean, don't really do litigation, so no good courts, but it was a very, very, very hectic day because the five courts are just nowhere near each other. Someone's downstairs to the left, someone's downstairs to the right, <laughs> someone's upstairs to the left, <laughs> upstairs to the right, someone's <laughs> in the upstairs, right? And again, baby girl like myself, you know, I decided to wear heels that day. Why? Well, I want to lie and say it's because I wanted to look cute. But to be honest, litigation tore my my flats. So I've been wearing heels for like a week. (laughs) (laughs) So I was wearing heels. So you can imagine, again, soft human rights lawyer, baby girl like myself, just running helter-skelter up and down. Again, I probably got to court at like 8.55, court starts at 9. So I think that for me, that was probably my most recent hectic experience. But honestly, when Olamide and I are talking through the course and the life of this podcast, you're going to hear us give examples that are probably a lot wilder and a lot crazier. It's just because we've been put on the spot right now. It's really hard to think about it, but I can't lie. Litigation is not for the weak at all, too. It's actually really, really not. But that's enough about us and our experience. We had sent a form around some of our friends, families, strangers who are lawyers, and we just kind of ask people, you know, what's up? Like, not just about litigation, but practicing law in Nigeria. What are some experiences that just made you think, ah, maybe I miswrote? So, Olamide, 
Okay, yeah, so I'll start with this person who says, um, clients calling at odd hours of the night and actually thinking their calls will be answered, it's the audacity for me. <laughs> but really, personally, I don't like when people don't have boundaries. You, um, if you're my friend, you would know that by 10 o'clock, I'm probably asleep because I have to wake up around 1 a.m. to continue working. So as a client, you shouldn't be calling me around 11 p.m. and expect, oh, I will automatically pick. Yeah, definitely I'm at your service. But if I don't pick up your calls, it's not now a basis for you to think I'm incompetent because really I need to sleep. I think it's really interesting that actually because sometimes you find that it's the people who pay the least that wants the most. <laughs> when Olamide had asked me before we started recording, what's my wildest experience? The one I was actually going to give was one that was outside of the courtroom when someone offered to pay me 10,000 naira to review a contract. Now, for those of you, again, who don't do law, that might not sound like much, you know, review a contract, proofread, read over. No, 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 no. Honestly, truly, reviewing something that is substandard is actually worse than drafting from scratch. That thing took me no exaggeration, zero exaggeration, eight hours. At the end, my head was hot. My back was hot. The contract looked nothing like it did when I got it. And honestly, when I gave the person, I just said, please, just take it for free. Because it would have actually been more no, insulting it, it, to have collected the money. It, it, it's even very, very annoying when they tell you, oh, it's just a piece of paper or something. Oh, really? It's just a piece of paper. Then why did you bring it to me in the first place? And a lot of them, really, it's just copy and paste that they've gotten from templates online and they think that that's going to do the work. And again, for context, because I think that it's very important to give context, you know, on this podcast for those of you who don't practice law, but probably the average um, solo lawyer that's doing private practice to review a contract might charge, well, I'm doing what, like 80,000 maybe? Yeah, really. It could I, even I don't be think, 100. I don't think you should be charging less than 100,000 to review a contract, at least if you're looking at the socioeconomic situation today. But people wouldn't pay that amount. And it's so funny that some other lawyers would undercut. Unfortunately, I've noticed that when people say, oh, my lawyer did it for <laughs> this amount, like a way, way lesser amount, the lawyer probably didn't even put in his all into the... Pay me 10K, get 10K work. But exactly. I think that that was actually a big part of why I didn't collect the money. I mean, other than, you know, again, it's being kind of insulting. But wasn't it was because I didn't want to contribute to that ecosystem idea that that is what legal services cost. Because if I review a contract and give me 10K and I take it, the next person that wants to charge 100K, which is the standard, is going to have a difficult time. Because you're going to tell them, ah, my lawyer charged 10K. So I think that's very important. This is actually something that I remember them telling us in law school, that you know, when you're undercutting, you think that you're doing it for you because you're getting you know, that money, okay, I'm going to charge 50K, where everybody's charging 100K, but actually you're contributing to a wider problem. Yeah, actually, I'll even give an instance. So there was this time, one of my friends who is um, an artist wanted to sign a contract with someone to do a jingle for them. And um, it had a lot of copyright work in it. I, I had the, an idea of what the principle was, but I wasn't so certain. So I wanted to read a book. I knew I had the book, but I went to my library and I did not find the book. And I scattered everywhere, I didn't <laughs> find the book. I had to drive to a bookshop to buy the book. And the book was about 10,000 naira. I wasn't collecting anything from him because he's my friend. 
But imagine if it was a stranger who just told me, oh, it's just a piece of paper. It's not just a piece of paper. If it was just a piece of paper, I'd have just looked through it and I would have told you, oh, go and sign. I had to read, read up again. So I bought a textbook. I had to read up. Then I had to look at the interest of the person I'm drafting on uh, for. So it's, it's really not just about, um, oh, you, you, you're just reading words or you're just drafting something on a piece of paper. No, there's, there's the intellectual part that goes into it. So you, you really should not be on the pricing lawyers. That's, that's really my take. And for me, I've, I've maintained this thing. Some people say that it's because I'm proud. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm proud uh, and because I have a... Um, but are you proud? No, well, I, I will be proud in this kind of instance. And people say it's because, oh, I, I work in a fairly big law firm or a very big law firm, in fact. That that's why I, I can afford to do it. But if you're not going to pay me the amount I have charged you, I'll just tell you I cannot do it for this amount. I don't mind if you go somewhere else. Well, there are other lawyers who would need um, need to do the work to earn some money. But knowing the effort I personally will put into your work, I would not undercut or I would not undersell myself. No, honestly, like, again, baby girl lawyer like I am, Honestly, I don't haggle prices with people. And I don't even, I'm not even just talking about in private practice work, which honestly I don't do because my nine to five, or rather my nine to nine, if I'm even lucky, is stressful enough as it is. But I'm sure that even a lot of you who are like creatives or things like that can understand when people want to put a certain um, monetary value to your services. Like I have a cousin who she draws, you know, as a side hustle. I'm sure someone could think, uh-uh, just take 10K. It's not just for you to draw. But you have to price yourself properly. If I don't have money, I don't haggle with people. If I ask someone, even if I'm buying a good clothes, shoes, whatever it is, how much is this? They tell me the amount. I can't afford it. I just carry myself and my poverty and go somewhere well, you else. You go and buy what you can afford. <laughs> exactly. Really. It's, not, it's, not, it's not that deep. Okay, but okay. so this person, Chad, their client is stressing them out. Yeah, so what goes with the, the this is also a client issue. Uh, clients are actually the worst sometimes. My God, they just think no, lawyers. Please, support. we love you guys. If Olam they hate you, please. I love you. I need, I need money. I, I didn't I say need I work. Hate, I, I didn't say I hate. This clients. economy is hard. Though. It's just that sometimes clients can be ah oh God. Very demanding. Let's uh, use that word. It's demanding. not, I, and I think it's not even just for lawyers. You see, um, Instagram screenshots of um, <laughs> clients and their yes, especially lots of you that are running businesses, Instagram retailers, hairdressers, makeup artists. We see you. We stand with you in solidarity. So this this person says, "Oh, it's nothing funny." I did think it was ridiculous when a client reached out to me on WhatsApp to say I lacked common sense for copying his boss in a correspondence. I was pissed. See, wait, wait. Allow me before you talk controversial opinion devil's advocate opinion okay he shouldn't have texted the guy and said he lacks common sense but have you never been in a situation maybe not even a client like within you know your office space and for the record olamde and i are actually actual colleagues like we've been baby lawyers together for the last three years you know nyse through all of it but haven't you ever been in a situation where somebody has like copied your boss and then you're like, ah, ah, was this necessary? Like, no, 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 no. no, no. Let, let's be honest here. Let's not lie because we're talking to the people. Okay. Let's be honest. This thing even happened to me yesterday. Someone literally sent me an email, copied my boss, and then said something like, because I'd asked a question, just me and him, just asked the question, copied my boss, and then he said, you know, kindly ensure you check your emails 
before making any inquiries, I said, you. I said, I cannot believe it. No, but no, no, no. This instance you just gave is actually extremely rude. Because if I was asking you for information, it's probably because I didn't find it and I didn't want to waste time. Why? What? It doesn't take anything from you to provide me that information. So I, I really do not think that it's it's fair that people are rude. I, I really do not like rude people. Like they 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 get on my nerves. My my last. That's that pride again. No, it's it's not pride. I just feel like I'm not rude to people normally. So I don't see why you should be rude. If we, if if it's a professional setting, then we should be professional in our dealings, really. Okay, so the general first half summation of things that annoy lawyers in Nigeria is clients, demanding clients. So if you're a client, you know, do better. All of us are clients in some way or form. You know, all of us are making use of some services or goods. So you know, yeah, let's before, all try and do better. On, let me just add this: there are clients that pay you for something. I want you to do everything. Ah, good. Like. It, Please. Free work, die. Okay, you, you've paid me to conduct a search for you. Okay, uh, help me help me um, draft deed of assignment. Oh, cool. <laughs> that one, a different one. Uh, I can't, I can't, you paid me to do a search. That search in its own is intellectual work because I have to give you a search report and let you know what the status of that property is. Then you now tell me to draft the deed of assignment. If I have to draft the deed of assignment, the Legal Practitioners Act requires me to actually use a particular scale. Olamide is bringing law now. No, no, but really, it requires me to do it, to charge you for that. So, by law, I'm mandated to charge you for that. So, I can't do that. I'll be out. It's not good when a lawyer himself is the one breaking <laughs> the law. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'll lawyers say. out there, don't break the law. <laughs> Drive right, you know, no loitering, no littering, anything like that. But okay, Olamdi, other than, you know, clients that are pissing people off, what else is stressing the young, medium, and old lawyers of Nigeria? Okay. <laughs> Already you're laughing. This one says, my boss fired two other lawyers because they went out for lunch. Six other staff members were fired during my extension period. For people <laughs> who don't know what extension is, it's, your, um, it's a period for chamber and court attachment while you're in law school. Kind of like interning during law school to get practical experience yeah. so you go to court and then about three weeks in court or is it six weeks three weeks in court and then three Four weeks, weeks in court six weeks in the chamber yes and then after that you go back to law school and do your exams so it says at least one every week so how many people are left in this law firm really because ah, i don't understand <laughs> that's actually a very good question because most law firms are quite small actually like 10 lawyers is already like a medium-sized law firm actually between 15 10 15 lawyers is actually a medium-sized law firm yeah but there was one that you were telling me about where the person said that he could the tbs oh yeah yeah yeah. i was going to read that next it says my former principal told my ex-colleague and i to sorry i'm so sorry i have to use that language but that was what the person for those of you that might be minors on this podcast you know i'm just thinking about you and uh, he would go to tbs ring a bell and have lawyers looking for employment, rush him for our jobs. Really? No, see, this is, again, <laughs> before we started recording, I was actually asking Olamide, and those of you that are lawyers out there, is anybody else feeling like there's a mass exodus of lawyers from law firms? And please, where are all of you going? Carry me with you. 
Like I don't get ways to work, please. Because for me, again, from like where I work and my friends who work at you know um, comparative law firms or even smaller law firms, it's not like people are leaving and going to other law firms. So people are not leaving law firm A to go to law firm B or law firm B to go to law firm D. So I'm like, where are you guys going? And can I come with you? Like, I know, okay, where do lawyers go when they go? They go in-house. You know, fintech is stealing everybody now. Tech maybe is actually taking a lot of people. People have realized that, oh, maybe I can just stay at home, advise a tech <laughs> startup, and I'll be making my cool money. Nobody has FX. to hassle me to go to Iboshere to go and get date, or I'm chasing one registrar up and now, hey, God, registrars have shown me Pepe in uh, this In life. fact, I actually think we'll do a podcast life. just about the Pepe that registrars have shown us. Hey, registrars in the registry, registrars in the court, sheriffs, bailiffs, hey, Ah, uh, no, bailiffs, please. <laughs> I don't understand. Your court is in Ikoi. I want you to serve in VI, 20K. Like, like oh God, fear God, <laughs> fear God. Where is my receipt? I'm not going to get this my money back. You know the funny thing is, if you now have like four defendants, what all are, of them are in VI. They, they are in VI. You collect 20k for all of them in VI because, like, it says it's going to. And then days. they will not do affidavit of service. So, you so when you now get to court the next week, you'll be like, my lord, the bailiff has served. I am sure about it. My lord said there's nothing yeah. inside my records. And your and your principal looked at you like. <laughs> like, why did we pay 80k if the proof is not in court? Like, you brought me here for them to disgrace me, for them to actually disgrace me. But no, I think that the mass, the mass exodus, right? And of course, we cannot forget the biggest place that is carrying all of us the Obodos, the abroad, specifically Canada, the US of A, England, UK, no, I think the UK Scotland. Is actually, the UK is actually carrying so many people now. Canada, no, but Canada is number one, Sha. Well, yeah, Canada, Canada, that Canada one. Canada is a, is a different breed, the different it's, subsection of the people. It's the bane of many employers <laughs> in Nigeria because <laughs> they just. You see someone like, if I vex and go to Canada now, you guys, you, we'll be doing you, this podcast over Zoom. Someone, someone is working with you today. Tomorrow they just hand in their notice and you ask, well, where are you going? Masters in Canada. I'm going to Canada. Uh-uh. <laughs> like that yes, that's like how that. they go so yes no there's i think and again for those of us who are lawyers and even for people who are not like do you feel like there's been a mass exodus because i thought it was just me right and where i work but honestly i talk to my friends and everybody's going it's everywhere and, and when i now look at inward i'm like am i am, am i, I missing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> like am i the one that is doing something wrong here because I think, and I read an article, this was quite a few years ago, and it's really interesting, that I was talking about how, you know, we've lost that art of, if you can call it an art, or that dedication, whatever it is, of people staying in one place for the entirety of their career. So they work in one place for 20 years, for 30 years, for 10 years. And I'm not even, this is not a Gen Z debate, too. But it's just that people aren't, you know, dedicating their lives to one office, one firm, one corporation anymore, you know. Two years they bounce, three years they bounce, five years max, max, max they bounce. Nobody is waiting for any employer to slave. Okay, don't let me use the word slave. Use that, the word, please. No, saying that saying that would be very unfair to employers. So no one is going to dedicate their entire lives. People are have become a lot more ambitious, mm. really. And I think it's it's with the advent of technology. People can see what other people are doing in different places. 
So they had the idea that, oh, I can start my own thing or I can do this instead. Scholarships are very accessible. Migration has become very easy and it's mm-hmm. really with technology. People, ju- you just go on the internet. What do I need to migrate? Yeah. You get your documents together and yeah, you're, you're on your way. So yeah, that's what I think. I think that's one of the things that that's contributed to people leaving generally. I think that what makes Olamide and I you um, uniquely qualified for this podcast is that unlike a lot of people that I know, even those who do litigation practice, we actually, it's hard for me to use my mouth and say I like litigation, no, but we've chosen this path and exactly. we actually see ourselves doing litigation for the entirety of our careers. Again, if anybody wants to carry me to Canada, I'm very available. But we see ourselves doing this all the way to the bench, all the way to maybe academia, all the way to being a senior advocate of Nigeria. You know, that's the, exactly. the apex of litigation you again, know, a context. So I, I'll just draw, when we joined the firm together, so some people were... I think that's what we should just be calling where we work, the firm. The firm. Well, that's what we do whenever we're writing letters. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah it's true, the firm. When you mention the name and you put the firm in bracket, it's the firm. The okay. firm. Mm-hmm. So when we joined, uh, we're asked, okay, what department would you like to join? Yeah. So they needed about five people in litigation. And luckily for them, four of us chose litigation. Yes. And I would say that the four of us have been very, very... Um, what's it dedicated yeah the four of us who chose one of us left and came back and yeah but it's hard though i think and that's the thing i always say i don't there's this saying right i think it's about marmalade or something again please sometimes i'm going to be using some just out of character examples pity me all i'm doing is here to balance me out but where people say that you know you either hate it or you love it. And I feel like the same way about litigation. Again, very hard for me to use my mouth and say I love it too. But I think that it's not something you can be very apathetic about. You know, people either despise litigation, even if they're doing it, or, again, it's hard to say you love it because there's a lot of issues that come with it, like administrative things that just make it very tasking mentally, emotionally, physically. But either people hate it or people feel like, you know, this is their calling. You know, like if I said, there are so many things that make it very tasking, and I will just give you like um, an idea of what a, a, um, an average litigation lawyer goes through, or what your schedule yeah. is like during the week. So on a Monday, the first thing you're doing on Sunday night, you're preparing all your files. You're probably in the office, maybe for an hour, two hours. You're preparing your files, or maybe Friday, you've done it Friday night. You're preparing your files for court. By 8.30, you're in court. You're in court If you're a 8 good 30. person like Olamide. 8.50 if you're a fair. <laughs> so, 8.30 till, let's say, 1, 3, you're in court. Between 1 and 3 o'clock. When you're done, you go, you go out to get lunch. When you get your lunch, you come back and you update your client on what happened in court. If there are any deliverables from what happened in court, you start working on the deliverables. So maybe you need to file your affidavit of service. You need to um, put the other side on notice and do a hearing notice. Um, respond to a process that was probably served on you in court. Uh, that's what you now use another two hours till like six. Then you take a break, 
gist around with colleagues, then you now start your work for the day? I think that um, I'm, I think a day in the life of litigation law is actually a very important thing that we go through in this introductory podcast. And I'm going to also give my own breakdown. I'm going to try and break it down even further. But before I do that, you know, when you were saying lunch, I almost grabbed your hand and interrupted you. I think I told you this thing. See, guys, let me know. Like, this is not an ad, but Chicken Republic is like, it's <laughs> my lifeblood. Like, Chicken Republic is what's keeping me going in these hectic streets. Because the lifeblood is not joking. Like, when you're in court, you don't need some, a lot of times, you don't need to, like, two, maybe you don't even need till four. And that might not sound so bad, but trust me, when I break down what a day looks like, it is that bad. The point of my Chicken Republic story is, so guys, I go to Chicken Republic maybe like every day. You know, that um, refill meal or refill max or, or, or if I'm feeling, you know, frisky, I give them like um, chips and chicken, either regular or large. Everybody always talks about chickweeds. I can't lie. I've actually never had it. I'm not a sandwich person, but I know everybody is team chickweeds. My point, which I'm getting to is, so one day I went to Chicken Republic, you know, I've been going there maybe every day, every other day for like three years. And then, guys, as I'm even saying this thing, I'm so sad. And then one of the cashiers now just said, not even the person that was serving me, to even make it worse. So that means this cashier came from her own side to come to my own side. And I said, ah, madam, are you a lawyer? Because you're always wearing black now. Two problems here. Let me start from the lesser <laughs> problem. First of all, is this my life now that I'm constantly in a state of, I look like I'm in a constant state of mourning that I'm wearing black every day. Like, guys, I want to be a corporate babe sometimes. I wear yellow dress, wear green shoe, makeup on my face, you just know, be looking nice. In the office when she's on on non-cost days. Ah, guys, sweet babe. But the second and primary problem is, guys, how much do I go to Chicken Republic that they know me? That they know me, guys. After that, I didn't go there for... One whole week, just so that you know, to, to keep them, to keep them waiting. But and I feel like talking about Chicken Republic has now distracted me. Yes, a day in the life of a litigation lawyer. So what does that look like, right? Now we're not. I'm going to skip the whole part about the kind of um, um, documents you're preparing and the kind of work that goes into it, and just really talk about focus because we're going to talk about all those things. You know, motions, written addresses, affidavits. Um, legal opinions, appellant briefs, research. notices of appeal, research, research, kind of research, research NWLR, <laughs> law pavilion, Good. all those things, which, if you're not a lawyer, sounds very foreign. And if you are a lawyer, you're doing corporate work, you, you, you're not that familiar with past law school because, you know, you're doing shareholders' agreement. I didn't even do any corporate. What they do in corporate? Shareholders' agreement, finance, transactions. Facility agreement. Uh-huh, facility agreement. So if you are they waiting to hear about those things, we're not talking about those things. Well, we would actually, wouldn't we? we Maybe when we bring, we, we will definitely at some point be bringing guests, be bringing some friends. Um, we will try and bring a lot of people who do corporate law just to, you know, balance out our vibe. But a day in life, so, okay, Monday, you wake up. The first thought, obviously, is God, weekend don't finish. Now, you know, you get ready. <laughs> if you're lucky like me and you live right next to court or you're going to a court that is next to you, Maybe you're getting ready at what? Eight, can I not say eight now? This yeah. is how I get myself in trouble. 7.30. You're leaving your house, you know, before court. So you now get to court, okay? Again, if you didn't have to rush, you know, you're strolling into court. Everything is looking good. Hopefully your color is white. Mine sometimes is not. You get there. You now go to court. Please, it's you guys take care of your colors and your bibs. Guys, I can't yeah. lie. I'm one of those people that is always dirty. 
please, please, please. But like, is yours always white? I buy, I actually buy a new one every week. You know that it's still the same four I've been using since <laughs> since no, first year. No, I, I, I buy like, because they're like 500, so I'm like, why not? I can't buy the expensive ones that, you know, Leonard Silks use, but the one I can afford, I buy new ones like every week. It's like 500. So Also, actually, brief departure. When Anamdi was t- telling a story about going to bed with Awigangao, you know that's actually happened to me before. I've never mentioned this. It was probably one of my first times going to court. But lucky for me, it was Iboshiri before, you know, RIP Iboshiri. Um, it got burned down during the NSARS. Well, the during the riots after, after the yeah. NSARS. Let me be very specific. And I realized I didn't have my collar. But again, luckily, you know, plenty of people are selling outside, so I bought one. But, yes, yeah, so you get to court. You know, you're strolling in at 8.30, you know, fresh and clean. You're now walking to your court. So let's, I'm going to be very specific. So I go to federal court a lot. So I'm strolling to federal court. You know, people at the gates know me. It's a big baby. You know, when was the last time I went to magistrate court? I don't even know. You know, I'm a federal court babe. National industrial court, you know. Um, so strolling to federal court. I get to the court now. Now, you might get to court, you sit there. Now look around, say, ah, this place is looking a bit emptier than usual. You stroll to the front. Sorry, is my lord sitting? Ah, <laughs> my lord is not sitting, no. Oh, ah, God. Problem, okay. Please, can I collect a date? Because also you need to know the next day for that matter you came for. Ah, we're not giving dates until 9.30. It's okay, it's a problem. Sit down. So you sit down, you get your date, you go to the office. Alternatively, if you are naughty, not like me, and you get there at 9.15, you know, you're running, you're panting. Guy, your life has been flashing in your <laughs> eyes as you were sitting in your car. You're like one of our colleagues who got a beg, a beg, they caught. I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> and so you get there, right? In your panting, sweating, you're looking disheveled, your wig and your gun, you're on. Panty, get there. Everybody's empty. My lord is not sitting. That one is actually is a lot more painful, actually. Which is why a tip for any extra baby lawyers out there, even more baby than us. Know your registrars, have their numbers, call them. Never assume court is going to sit because trust me, like 30% of the time it doesn't. Also, you might actually collect a lot of ELA from registrars when you call them, which I understand actually because they're using their own time, their phones, their credits. Courts, please be giving registrars phones and calling cards. But that aside, that is a day in the life where your court didn't sit. Now, you might get there and your court does sit. But you're getting there at nine. Court's supposed to start at nine. You get there. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. Is my lord coming? Yes, he is. What time is my lord coming? We don't know. I don't know. You stay, you stay, you stay, you stay. 10 11 a.m. Oh, <laughs> 10. Yeah. Your people are even good. 11 a.m. is when my lord comes. All right. Now, again, by the time, I always say that knowing judges is like knowing teachers. You, you need to know the peculiarity and eccentricities of your particular judge. So, it's a judge that sits at nine. It's a judge that we sit at eleven. It's a judge that likes long story. You call it endumbration, right? That's like my endumbration is like one of my favorite words. Or is it someone that likes you to keep it short and sweet? So, that's its own stress on its own. Now, your judge sits at eleven. Might they be there till two or four? Yeah, number thirty something on the list. Yeah, number thirty something on the list, and what betide you? If first of all, I oh, I should have used this as my wildest thing that's ever happened to me in court on Lamy Day. I went to court. I remember this specifically. I will say Federal High Court. Unfortunately, he's no longer at the Federal High Court in, in Lagos. Lagos. Yeah. He's been moved. I actually do miss man. His courts are very big and nice. I got there. I don't know if it was just but for some reason. There were always SANs in his court. 
and his court, his list was also, it's called the court's list, was also always very long. I think he might have been the admin judge, or was he? Yeah, it was the admin judge. So was the admin judge, so obviously he has, a, he has a lot of work. That's something we're going to talk about, you know, later on, you know, on e- other episodes about, you know, how overburdened cause lists are. So I get there now, 30 matters. Okay. I was number one. Olamide, I was number one. Tell me why. I'm not exaggerating, guys. There were eight SENs in this court. Sat at about 11, but to be fair, again, he was a judge that you knew he sat at 11. It was, it, was, it wasn't like, oh, no, it was the well, my judge. exactly. So, you exactly. use the morning like 9 to like 11 to sort out things. Well, so, it was not that holding brief for him, but that's what <laughs> I, I, no, 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 that was the reason. And again, that's why I said you knew when he sat. So, in the sense of even if on a day he didn't sit and you go there at 9, his registrars would not give you a date before like 11 because people knew that was when he sat. So, he sits at 11 now. Um, he goes just the eight SANs. At this point, it's two o'clock, and he rises because he had to go somewhere. I assume maybe even an admin judge responsibility. I just looked at my life and said, "I'm number one. I've been here since nine o'clock. No, I can't lie. I didn't get there, and I got there at ten because again, I knew he wouldn't sit by nine. Here since ten, and I didn't get heard. It was incredible. And again, we're going to talk about this on other episodes, but it's not the fault of our judges. You know, Every it's time. it's sometimes, sometimes, but. It's, it's an overburdened, unfortunate system of delay, and we're going to get into all of that on other episodes. But that's just the problem. And I think what makes it especially difficult as a litigation lawyer is there's a physicality to being in litigation. You're Bro. standing, there's nowhere to sit in court, you're running up and down because you need to file. You're carrying heavy files. You know, everywhere is hot, everywhere is smelling, people around you are smelling, your wig and gown is hot again, wigs and gowns. That's a different episode people, on its own. Please. Please, and please take care of your wig and gown. Please. I have actually taken so many pictures please. of wigs and gown of wigs that have passed their sell by dates. Some people want you to know they are thirty years post score by their wig, but um. So yes, yeah, so that's kind of what happens, and it's the physicality one that makes I think litigation unattractive to some people, and also it's the fact that a lot of being a litigation lawyer is actually not just court work. I wish it was just court work. But the things that you're doing out of court, which I'd already said we'll discuss in other episodes, the things you're drafting, the research you're doing. So when you leave court at two, your day is just beginning. So it's not an excuse to say, I'm in court. Sometimes you're trying to use your laptop in court. Some judges don't like that. You're standing outside. So yes, it's just, it's, it's, it's difficult, I won't lie. Yeah, like, let me even add, your life as a litigation lawyer is actually not setting. You can set out and say, I am going to do this, 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 and this today. You have a to-do list of about 15 things. Ordinarily, by closing time, 6 o'clock, you should cross out everything. Then you get to the office in the morning. You go to court, and while you're waiting for your matter to be called, you get an email from your client. Somebody has frozen their account. There's okay, a motion okay. expert. They, they, they've gotten um, an interim. Yes, we do a lot of garnishy work. We're going to be talking about that a lot, actually. You, Our you, gripes you get, with garnishy. This is not even, I'm talking about like the client himself. Mm-hmm. You, you got, someone has gotten an interim order against your client. So what do you need to do? Your, your client cannot pay, pay salaries. He can't pay vendors. He can't do anything. What do you now do? Well, the, the next thing you, you have to do is you file an application to set aside. You file, an, you, file an, you file the defense. You file a response to the motion on notice itself. And you are now hustling to get dates. Because you have to get a date 
within that week and god help you it's a friday mm-hmm. my god you cannot sleep that weekend mm-hmm. because it's it's just going to be a lot if you're going to be filing an application to discharge you'll be doing it that day but you can imagine the amount of calls you have to take just to understand the client's case because you cannot just say oh i'm going to file a motion to set aside you have to understand the case first so you have to speak to the client you speak to the client you spend the entire day there you now at night you now start working uh you prepare your application to set aside you prepare your response to the motion expert uh it's, it's, it's just it's just going to be a lot to handle then um the other part is or, or another instance is as a person you for me i go to efcc a lot i go to police a hmm. lot one day olamide is going to go to efcc or police on a friday and they're going to arrest him and he's going to be there till Monday. I don't go there i'm telling friday. you guys now so that when we come on one episode and say olamide was arrested you can track back to today i i, I don't go on fridays hmm. usually when the efcc or police send an invitation to our clients to come on fridays or any of those days what i just do is i tell them write a letter to them that you cannot make it on that day and you'll be willing to come on monday so we go hmm. on monday anything that happens guys don't let them catch you on friday between tuesday and wednesday we've sorted it out that is free legal advice <laughs> free legal advice don't let uh, police catch you on friday don't let them arrest you on fridays so you have now they decided that they want to detain your client or they keep harassing your client you have to go to court so you're fighting a fundamental human rights action mm-hmm. asap so these, these are the things that make litigation so stressful you probably wouldn't sleep and when you're done you still have to go to court in the morning it's rinse and repeat exactly but i think that and the reason why i spent so long talking about delays because it's a big uh, or rather you know the intricacies of courting and out because it's a big part of what causes delay so you hear about you know litigation is taking three years it's taking five years you know what are the things that cause that and we're definitely going to do a whole episode about that maybe even our next one actually to kind of soft launch you guys into litigation you know we're going to talk about what are things that cause delay you know judges not sitting lengthy adjournments overburdened causeless unnecessary um motions for like extension of time preliminary objections our objection again in terms of things that are wild i think the wildest appeal that i ever saw was we had two matters so we call them sister suits um um matters that are similar to each other two matters in different courts so we now thought to us now the judge that was hearing matter a had been moved somewhere else it was a new judge so we had to start from the beginning so either way we're going to have to start from the beginning so we thought to ourselves okay why don't we get you know the matter in court A moved to the judge in court B. Because even if you have to start from the beginning, judge in court B is familiar with the facts and with the parties because they're already handling a similar application. So we did a motion um, for transfer of the suits. We filed it in court A. They now filed counter affidavits to the motion to transfer. Either way, starting from the beginning, no, no problem. Anyway, it was heard. The judge decided to transfer the case. Please, why are they appealing, Olamde? They're appealing the transfer of the case from court A That's an administrative to court decision, B. No. And it's Federal High Court in Koyo. It's not like it's going from Federal High Court uh, in Koyo to Federal High Court in Yo in, in Kano. So I think it's those kind of ridiculous things that cause delay. When you hear, you know, litigation is taking three years, four years. There's some land matters that have been in court for 10 years. Ago. 
so we're going to talk about that probably the next episode but i think that um when we're talking about you know the things that people complained about when they filled the form you know the delay of litigation was, was a big part which yeah. is why we think you know it deserves its own episode another one sha is that there's no light guys guys sometimes sometimes it's small a lot of the time there's no light in court you'll see nic national industrial courts lagos in ikoi the name of the street is even escaping me they, these people are trying they have lights i think well when i say they have lights so this is discounting the time that actual nepa phcn is working so when yeah. we say they don't have lights we're talking about generator, generators yeah. because really in nigeria we know it's generator that is your light i think they're only right now you know in the period that we're in and um, for spikes and all of that they've only been allowed to use their gen for two hours a day for months guys there's no light nothing can happen no. i have a record of proceedings have a judgment <laughs> that i need to appeal that i haven't been able to that get. i have been waiting for for maybe two months what's the reason because there's no light because when they have light you know they are doing a million other things and when there's no light you know computers aren't working printers aren't working and also let me tell you something you look at nigerians like everybody's hard people in court are the softest people because there's no light your judge will not sit there's no light your register will not work well i'm just that just me i always wonder ah, guys we're in nigeria now there's no light you'll not sit or if you're a judge you'll not sit if there's no light see i, I take honestly, a stand it, 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 i i would actually have to sit but i won't be able to sit for long hmm. so soft boy no, it's not soft, but I, I can't put people through that kind of torture, if you're being fair. If there's no light, and you say you want to take four trials, <laughs> trials ordinarily take about three hours. Oh, sorry, three hours. I said three hours, about two hours. Mm-hmm. Then you now tell me that, oh, I'll, I'll take three trials. It's, it's unfair. Because there are some judges that their style of trial is they take all the witnesses in one day, but they can have two. So you now have like four hours of trial and allowing other people in court to just sit through it so um i think it's something has to be done about the light situation in courts courts ordinarily maybe inverters or like a standard and a backup generator so that we don't have to deal with not having light. i think it's just it should be a priority and i mean even like Last week when I was in courts, you know, they were about to take a trial. The witness had just taken the stand. They took light. When I say they took light, it's not just heat. We were now plunged into darkness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the had, in that kind of situation, that's not even soft boy. There's nothing you can do. There's some the lawyer was even using his phone light. light. There's some judges light that have, they have their, what's it called, their rechargeable lamps. It, it really, I, I don't think it makes any sense that those kind of things are still happening. But I mean, guys, honestly, like if it was up to us, we could. We're definitely very passionate about litigation and about the law in Nigeria. And if it was up Legal to us, practice we could, generally. Yeah, we could talk all day. But I think as our first introductory icebreaker episode, I want an episode, mm-hmm. yeah. that we just wanted you guys to know a little bit about us, a little bit about the podcast, and just a little bit about our general gripes of what it means to be a practicing litigation lawyer even just a practicing lawyer in nigeria so alamde any final words um please listen to our podcast <laughs> and you know interact with us on ig and on twitter just to get a lot of other people to um, you want to tell them to what the, the ig and twitter yeah the, so the ig is pod from the bar p-o-d 
f r o n t h e b a r so you can follow us and um we'd also be dropping content um once Olam in a while. is in charge of that as well content um visuals any audio anything like that me i'm just i'm just here to smile and look pretty even yeah, though you can't uh, see me oh really <laughs>